I want to greet you in the precious name of Jesus, the name that is above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And that is the name we have gathered to worship today. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, when you think about the name of Christ being above everything that has ever existed and will exist, but yet this same name, this same Jesus, knows about each one of us. He knows our hearts. He sees us making decisions. He sees the sparrow fall, and that's an humbling thought for me. This morning for a message, <clears throat> I invite you to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, I'd like to use verse 26 for our text this morning. A very simple verse. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. I titled my message for today, Ponder the Path of Thy Feet. We live in a fast-paced world. And I believe people as a whole are spending less and less time pondering or meditating, especially when it comes to spiritual things. At least that's how I'm finding it for myself. And I believe this lack of spiritual pondering is harmful to us spiritually. Recently, I read an article entitled Religion Plummet in America During the Obama Era. This article stated that in a new study of President Obama's legacy, the Pew Research Center found that religious affiliation and practice dropped off dramatically during his two years in the White House. And I will share more from this article. When Obama took office, those who identified as atheists or agnostics, along with those who said their religion was nothing in particular, totaled only 16% of U.S. adult population. On leaving office eight years later, the non-religious in America now make up nearly a quarter of the population. On the contrary, the percentage of Americans who say they believe in God consider religion to be very important in their lives, pray daily, and attend religious services at least monthly have all dropped during the Obama years. Pew found. So this article is saying the adult population of the United States is estimated at 251 million. 251 million 18 and older. And if this study is accurate, that means an estimated 63 million people in the United States say their religion is nothing in particular. And that's a sobering thought, is it not? The article continued with reasons believed for this decline in Christianity. Our government, it said, often views religion as an enemy standing in the way of policy objectives. They view religious freedom as a, as a kind of inconvenient speed bump on, to way, on the way to those objectives in some way, says this report. The report mentioned that many government officials are now saying that religious liberty and religious freedom are code words 
for discrimination, intolerance, racism, sexism, or any form of intolerance. Today, as in the past, religion is being used as both a weapon and a shield by those seeking to deny others' equality. The conclusion of this report was, our government's attitude towards Bible principles or Christianity as a whole is having an adverse effect on the people of our country. I thought about this conclusion for quite some time. Is it true that our government's attitude towards Christianity is turning people away from serving God? Why does the government, why does the government get blamed for this drop in percentages of religious affiliation and practice? Why doesn't the church get the blame? Have American people turned into puppets? Have we become so gullible that if the government says this is how it is, then it must be true and that's what we now do? I thought about this for quite a while. And there may be several answers to this dilemma, but I thought about this. I think what we are seeing is the results of the modern church attempting to blend the kingdom of, the, of God and the kingdom of the world. Jesus spoke of two distinct kingdoms. He made it clear. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Two distinct kingdoms. The Church of America is attempting to pledge allegiance to both. On one hand, they support the kingdom of the world. On the other hand, the kingdom of God. And so when a Bible principle is tossed out by our government, the church in just a few short years will follow and toss out that very same Bible principle. This has happened over and over. In fact, it has happened so often that the modern Church of America has little to offer the world. The statistics of the world are now the statistics of the church. Surveys tell us that divorce and remarriage, sexual relationships before marriage, the statistics for those who practice such sins are no different in the church than what is found in the world. And so the people of the world they look at Christians and they say, you guys are really no different than us. So what's the point of being a Christian? And so this morning, who do we blame for this drop that we're seeing in religious affiliation and practice? Is it really the government's fault? Is it the church's fault? Or does it come down to each individual? Or maybe, is it all the above? That may be something you may want to think about. Who should be blamed for this drop in religious affiliation and practice? One thing is for sure. When we stand before God on Judgment Day, we will stand alone. And the Bible says that we will be judged righteously not according to what our church said, not according to what our government said, not according to popular opinion, but according to the Bible truth.
You know, it would be a terrible thing to get to the end of life and realize that you have been misled by the church or by the government or by anyone. And so this morning, don't just follow the crowd. Find out for yourself what the Bible says. Don't just take for granted that all Bible teaching is truth. Don't take for granted that all Bible teaching is in alignment with God's word. Ponder the path of thy feet. So what does it mean to ponder? I think we probably know, but I thought I would refresh our memory. The dictionary meaning of ponder is to think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion, such as I pondered the question of what clothes to wear for the occasion, or she sat pondering over her problem. The word ponder as we find it here in our text has the thought too of mentally weighing decisions but maybe with a more serious meaning than wondering what shirt I will wear to church tonight. It has more the thought of a deep spiritual pondering or a pondering in light of eternity. Pondering the path of thy feet is a personal responsibility. Notice it says thy feet. Sometimes we get sidetracked by trying to ponder other people's feet. But it says, ponder the path of thy feet. You know, how many times have you and I used the excuse that I never thought about it? You know, maybe we get rebuked or we get in trouble for something that we have done. And in our defense, we say, uh, well, I never thought about it. And maybe we are innocent. Maybe we didn't think about it, but maybe we should have thought about it. Haggai, he was dealing with the people that were not pondering, and he said this, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages, to be put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. The last part of our text, and let all thy ways be established. You know, when something is established, it is recognized and generally accepted. It's familiar, it's comfortable. Let all thy ways be established. Windmill Bake Shop is an established business in South Boston, Virginia. Goods Lawn and Garden is an established business, recognized and generally accepted in the community. You know, when a new business opens in town, people are naturally skeptical, especially when it comes to a restaurant especially the pop and mom restaurants. Wonder how long they're gonna make it. You know, the last guy made it six months. We like things that are established. From time to time, people will ask, so how long have you been in the door business? 
You know, when I first started the door business, I cringed every time someone asked that question. <laughs> because I knew they wanted to hear more than, well, we've been in business six weeks now. Or, uh, well, we're at it now for six months. I knew they wanted to hear more than that. And so I tried to come up with an answer that uh, sort of answered the question. And, and I'd come up with something like, well, you know, um, years back I worked for a door company for about five years. And, and recently I started my own business now and, and try not to get, you know, dates or length of time in there. But the fact is we like things that are established. Let all thy ways be established, accepted, traditional, orthodox, habitable, set, fixed, official, usual, customary, common, normal, general, prevailing, accustomed, familiar, expected, routine, typical, conventional, standard. Let all thy ways be established, our text tells us. You know, right ways or right paths and established ways do not just naturally happen. It takes much effort, a daily conscious thought. I think about the path in the morning. I think about the path before I start my day. I think about the path as I go about my work. I think about the path before I go to bed. In fact, I even dream about the path. And Psalm chapter 1 says, that's called meditating day and night. And it says that this man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. There's a verse in Proverbs 4 verse 12 that has a different twist. It says, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the way thereof are the ways of death. The way that seemeth right is the way of no effort, the way of no spiritual pondering, the way that feels right. Hey, everyone's doing it, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Joshua told the people in his day, if you want to have success in life, it's going to take effort. Joshua says this in Joshua 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Then you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And this morning, we are interested in spiritual success. So many things have been handed to us in which we have had no choice. Think about it. Our parents, we had no choice in that. Brothers and sisters, no. The country in which I was born, the color of my skin, good health, bad health, and on and on we could go. We had no choice in these things. However, each one of us has been 
Let me start over. However, each one of us has been given a choice to ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. I thought it was interesting this morning how this all worked out. Um, Mark, in his opening, he read from Ephesians, and then we talked about the church at Ephesians, and now we're going to spend quite a bit of time in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 is full of good, practical advice for walking the path. You know, pondering is good. Meditating is good. We don't do enough of it. However, we need to eventually move from our ponderings and start walking the path. And then as we walk the path, we can continue to ponder. I'm going to read verse 1 through 21 and make comments along as I read. First of all, we will see that the key to walking the path is found in verse 1 and verse 2. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. You know, we are not blazing a new path for our feet, but following an established path. Followers of God. Verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And so there we got it. We're following Christ, and we're walking in love. That is key to walking the path. Verse 3 through 7, we have warnings of sinful distractions along the path. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye therefore partakers. Well, I better read that again. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Don't go there. Off limits. People that do these things that we just read have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, beginning in verse 8, we have instructions. The instructions continue for walking the path. You will notice that we don't just, you will notice we don't just merely walk the path in our own little world. Verse 8, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the world. Walk as children of light. You see, we walk the path reflecting 
the light of Jesus Christ. What does that light look like? We have verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth. You see, we are a witness of the light as we walk the path. Verse 10 through 18, we have instructions for gray areas along the path. Verse 3 through 7 mention things that are clearly sin. However, on the path we will face issues that are not so cut and dry as the sins that we find in 3 through 7. And so notice the following verses. Verse 10, proving or testing what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that, see then that ye walk circumspectly, or diligently, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. And so you get the picture. We must walk carefully, diligently, not as fools, but as wise. Think as you walk. You see, ignorance is not bliss. Verse 19 through 20. Now up to this point, walking the path is serious, careful business. Avoiding sin, reproving the unfruitful works of darkness, walking circumspectly, redeeming the time. However, in verse 19 and 20, the focus changes just a bit. Verse 19, speaking to yourself in Psalms, and Psalms, according to my Bible program, is a set piece of music accompanied with an instrument, and hymns, which is simply hymns like we sing, and spiritual songs had the thought of uh, uh, words played along with a stringed instrument, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I find the variety of music interesting. You know, we are individually different with individual taste. From the way we have our sandwich made at Subway to the type of or the style of music that we enjoy. You know, some folks like lots of toppings on their sandwich. And some folks like music that is sophisticated with lots of toppings. Some folks, all they want on their sandwich is basically meat and cheese. And some folks enjoy simple meat and cheese music. 
And so however we make our sandwich, be it hymns, songs, or spiritual songs, what is really important we see is that the music is coming from the heart and being directed to the Lord, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And along with that, we have verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a picture of the person walking the path. He's happy, he's singing, there's something coming out of his heart, and he has the expression of a thankful spirit. Verse 21 reminds us that we are not walking this path alone. I said earlier that we each have individual uh, taste. We're each individually different. And I believe we should give each other room for that. But yet at the same time, we must be doing verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. In the remaining verses of this chapter, I don't plan to read them, but we have good, solid marriage counseling. You know, to you married people, I know you're busy, at least Beverly and I are busy. But I believe it's important as married couples that we take time to ponder the path of thy feet in regards to our marriages. You know, when we see those elderly, gray-haired couples that are obviously still in love, you know, such relationships just don't happen. They take time. And so I would encourage the married couples here this morning to take time to ponder the path of thy feet in regards to your marriage. This morning, we have considered the importance of pondering the path. We looked at the importance of carefully walking the path. And I want to close with the thought of the destination of the path. And I invite you to Revelation chapter 22. Jesus spoke of two roads, two paths, the broad and the narrow. And here in Revelation chapter 22, we find the destination of both. And I'd like to read this chapter and leave it, I'd like for you to take it and let it challenge you as you walk your path, the path that God has chose for you. Revelation 22, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. 
and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light for the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servant the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he, who, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. And I'll just pause and say right there's the end of the path. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things into churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testify these things saith, surely I come quickly, amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. We'll call for a closing song.